Welcome to the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I am John. And we're back. Yay, it's another week. I'm not even going to tell you what episode this is because you're just going to look at me and oh, not say it. So. Wait, crap. Well, I don't even remember. Do you know what episode this I is? I do know what it is because I have it written right here when I say, Previously on the Avenging Hour, take all the bad parts of Conan the Barbarian and mix them with the worst parts of Thor and you still wouldn't match the horribleness of Archon, the shirtless warlord who kidnapped Scarlet Witch and tried to blow up Earth to power his own planet. But the cherry on the putrid Sunday was the senseless showdown with the Split Second Squad. <laughs> Feels like we lost some listeners with that one. And now, episode 36. I missed the split second squad already. <laughs> Do you? You miss him already? You miss Sweet William? I <laughs> Onion mean, Head. Onion Head and Captain Scrag. Captain Scrag. All right, we got two issues today. So, wait, what episode is this? 36. Is it 36? Did you just say that? I did, just for you. <laughs> All right, two episodes. Let's do it to it. Two episodes, two issues. Two issues in one episode. Starting off well. Woo! Uh, issue 78, we start with, this one was done July 1970 by Roy Thomas and Sal Buscema, and it is called The Man Ape Always Strikes Twice. You know, if you've got Man Ape in the title, you know it's going to be a quality issue. <laughs> it's going to be some good stuff coming up. Captain America Loves Rooftops. I bet if there were a TV show about the rooftops of the rich and famous, Cap would make one heck of a good host for it. Cap is to rooftops what Thor is to lightning, what Iron Man is to silly contraptions, what Yellow Jacket is to multiple personalities, and what Wasp is to coffee machines. I, I don't know. Kind of lost the metaphor there. But hey, what's this? Hey, Cap, look out! The man-ape is on that rooftop too and he wants to fight. Sure, he's strong and all, but his most potent power is that of distraction. See, he's able to get the upper hand on Cap by not wearing any pants. <laughs> Captain America is knocked silly by the silly-looking villain whose face pokes out of a dead gorilla's mouth, and the triumphant man-ape tosses his prey off the side of the mansion like so many bags of wet garbage. If not for the sudden arrival of the other Avengers with Quicksilver speed and Vision's ability to make himself all hard and soft at will, Steve Rogers might have earned the new nickname of Captain Concrete Face. Goliath gets a sucker punch into the back of Man-Ape's skull, but the bad guy is able to make a speedy retreat thanks to some assistance from his manservant, Ngamo. And the team is left scratching their heads as to why Man-Ape, a foe of the Black Panther, would call out Captain America for a tussle. While that's going on, we zip on over to somewhere across 110th Street, where Monica Lynn sits in her office and whines out loud about politics. Black Panther drops in on her for a page so they can pretend to fight and make up and then promise to fight again later. T'Challa hurries off to the mansion and, as soon as he's gone, Manape crashes through the wall and kidnaps Monica Lynn. Not sure how Panther didn't hear it happen since he was just outside her apartment, but whatever. The Avengers show him a ransom note as soon as he gets back to base. Those telegram delivery guys are fast. Then Manape pops up on the Avengers' teleview screen, or whatever they're calling it today, and calls out T'Challa. Even though he could have crashed into Monica Lynn's apartment literally three seconds sooner and saved us all this senseless scene, Panther does that let-me-do-this-alone thing and dashes off to save his possible love interest. I'm left wondering how Man-Ape got the number for that TV monitor and why every villain in town seems to know how to get in touch with the team. Black Panther takes a Quinjet to meet M'Baku, the Man-Ape, on a helicopter. He took a plane to a helicopter. The, the two big men fight until T'Challa gets the upper hand by tossing N'Gamo into Man-Ape's jaw. He then busts into the back compartment of the copter to free Monica Lynn, but finds only a lifelike mannequin. The doll explodes, T'Challa is captured, and the man-ape takes him down into some sort of abandoned subway tunnel to show him off to... The Lethal Legion. Uh, I'm sorry, who? Oh, wait, is that Power Man and Swordsman again? And the Living Laser? Didn't expect him to be here. But who's the loudmouth in the Space Pirate getup, looking all Captain Harlock with a shiny bladed hook hand? Oh, that's an updated Grim Reaper, as shrill and bonkers as ever. Seems the discounted villains have sworn to some sort of capture-the-flag game with members of the Avengers. Whoever defeats the most heroes wins a stuffed elephant or something. Step right up, three throws for a quarter, every hit's a winner. God, they're so proud of themselves. The end. A roll call for this issue. 
Captain America, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Goliath, and Black Panther. Monica Lynn returns to add that necessary helpless female vibe. And our villains are the Lethal Legion, Man-Ape within Gamo, Living Laser, Power Man, Swordsman, and the Grim Reaper. What have any of these guys been doing since we last saw them, you may ask? Well, Living Laser and Power Man were last seen by us in Avengers Annual Number 1, but Laser and Swordsman faced off against Captain America once in Captain's title. Aside from that adventure, Swordsman hasn't done anything else since helping Egghead capture Goliath in Issue 65. This is Man-Ape's first appearance since his uh, first appearance in Issue 62, and Grim Reaper has also been absent from Marvel since fighting the team in issue 52. Such a legacy of villainy we have here. <laughs> He's been busy redesigning his costume. <laughs> and it was time well spent. Uh, yeah, definitely looks a lot better. So, that happened. This issue. The Man-Ape showed up and punched some people. Bloody heck. It's, it reminds me, you know, this really is a kind of, reminds me a lot of the Man-Ape's first appearance. Where you have a little bit of setup and then most of the issue is Man-Ape versus Black Panther. Yeah. And then we're done. Yeah, I get that. Uh, these... As much as I like the issues where the heroes face off against villains and it's, you know, a slugfest kind of thing, the more often these things happen, they just seem like filler to me. Well, and we've talked, or I've, I've ranted at length about my just dislike of them. It's not even that I dislike the Man-Ape so much as I really don't like the Man-Ape. He's, <laughs> he, I find him boring. I find him very dull. I recognize we're still at a point in Marvel's history where most of the villains don't have much in the way of well-developed personalities. Yeah. They are basically gimmicks. They're not a, all Kang. In a, <laughs> we can't all be Kang. <laughs> Our new t-shirt. The Man-Ape never develops personality that I've ever seen. He is always just a big angry man wearing a dead gorilla and no pants yeah, right and I just <laughs> didn't that gorilla have legs he could have skinned and put on <laughs> he's, he's just not interesting enough his powers are interesting because he's strong but not that strong and he's one of those guys when he constantly has that Ngamo guy around him he makes you think like he's a bad guy but he's not as bad as he could be because he needs help. He's always one of them with like a sidekick, and the sidekick's always the one that does the really evil stuff. I guess. I, I don't have much to talk about this issue. Okay. Uh, just a few minor points. Let's do it. Uh, on the first page, Captain America is lowering himself to the Avengers rooftop from something. From a higher rooftop. <laughs> I guess. He's got, a, he's got a piece of rope, and he's lowering himself to the roof, and I'm just not sure where he's coming from. Uh, does he have a helicopter, or is there some sort of... Uh, I, I just... I, it just seems odd that he would do that. It would probably be easier, you would think, just to take a cab and go in the front door. I, I mentioned this in my notes for the next issue coming up because it seems to be a recurring theme. Why do the Avengers constantly come in through the roof of the building? They really do. I mean, and I understand it. If you fly, then maybe sure. Right, but if you're on feet, why did you go to the trouble of climbing up the building yes. so you can come in the roof? You just imagine Jarvis in there going, Sir, we have an elevator. <laughs> Do you want me to move the coat rack up into the atrium? I don't <laughs> I also don't really... It, it's kind of amazing to me, and we've talked about Avengers Mansion security, or lack thereof many times, but it's amazing to me that Captain America and the man can have a full-on fight on the Avengers rooftop, and it seems like it takes the Avengers a while to figure this out and react to it. You would think that they would have some sort of... Because the roof is such a popular mode of entry, you'd think they'd have some more kind have of some security sort of systems Some pressure there. sensors or something to alert them that there's someone on the roof. How long did we see man show up, or was he already there? He appeared to already be there, hanging out on the roof, <laughs> as you do. Or is he on another roof? Look, he's a little bit higher. Is he next door? That's a good point. I don't know. I love the fact that Goliath gets beaten by them dropping basically the um, basically what they use to to, to Ngamos in this aircraft. The helicopter. The helicopter. Yes, and and they use uh, 
you know, they have this metal thing that the man-ape grabs onto so he can be lifted up by the helicopter, and they it, drop it on Goliath's head. It's a handle at the end of a rope. Yeah. And it hits Goliath, but it's like a giant handle. Yeah, because look how big Goliath is. It's as is. big as Goliath's head. Yeah. I'm not sure that they need that much handle, but what do I know? I like when uh, Man-Ape throws Captain America off the side of the mansion. It looks like he's falling down like a 30-story skyscraper. Yeah. If we know the mansion's only two or three stories high, why is... That's a really good point that I hadn't considered. We we will we'll see this. At the most, Captain America would have broken a leg. I'm not <laughs> saying don't try to help him. I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's a mansion. It's not a penthouse. <laughs> I am a little surprised that Monica Lynn is a social worker. When we last saw her, like... Ten issues ago, if that, she was a singer. She was giving up that career, though. After that whole falling out with the Sons of the Serpent. Don't you need a college degree to be a social no, worker? Anybody can do that. I mean, I think nowadays... <laughs> right. You need, maybe it's back then that they didn't care. But nowadays, I think she would have to have some kind of training to be a social worker. She reads the newspaper. Poverty Bill defeated. She's very angry about that. As she should be. She blames it on Black Panther because he's a superhero. I don't, I don't understand that scene at all. <laughs> That's just a reason to bring her back. I have nothing else to say about this issue. Nothing. No, once we get past Monica Lynn, it's pretty much uh, just Black Panther getting punched a few times and then blown up and then he's in chains. The only thing I, I, I the only thing I would add is that I would give anything for this issue to have focused on any other member of the Lethal Legion. <laughs> and they're all losers, but yeah, I would have yeah. preferred any of them. And and I do have to again say Grim Reaper's costume so much better. So much better. It's basically just a black leotard with a skull and crossbones on the chest and a purple cape. And a and a to be honest, kind of weird headpiece. Weird headpiece. Looks a little Asgardian. But at least it's much I mean it's not he has he has taken almost all the colors out of his <laughs> costume and it, it helps his costume quite a bit. He probably blinded someone. I the one thing I didn't mention in my write up, uh, at this last scene when Manate brings Black Panther down to this subway tunnel, there's this collection of statues mm-hmm. that look like Oscars that are all in the shape of the individual Avengers. And wouldn't that be cool if the Oscars were in the shape of the person that was getting the Oscar? <laughs> I was, where did they go to make those? Did Grim Reaper uh, you know put on a, a business suit over top of his costume and show up at some trophy place and go, Could you, would you mind designing these for me? I hope he wore the, the, the business suit with the headpiece and, and the side. side. <laughs> yeah. That would have been amazing. Pardon me, good sir. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, those are the kind of things that Destro used to have in the G.I. Joe comic that he would move around <laughs> a chessboard. Right. But they're on a mantle, it looks like. We're, there's a fireplace down in the abandoned subway tunnel? They're on a mantle <laughs> and... <laughs> And Manny grabs the one of Black Panther off of the mantle and crushes it in his hand, signifying, I guess, that he has now pe- captured Black Panther. Well, yeah, he says he's he's drawn first blood. I don't think he actually bloodied the panther at all. I think he just... No, it's hard to tell with the mask on. It's a good point. <laughs> uh, I've got nothing else. You? Nope, nothing else. Bullpen Bulletins? The Bullpen Bulletins is only a half page because we are, we are advertising Astonishing Tales, the Kazar Doctor Doom split title that we talked about last time. There is an item in here about Stan Lee being contacted by a famous filmmaker who they don't name. In fact, there's absolutely no details provided at all. I looked at uh, Stan's resume on IMDb to see if there was anything that matched up to that year, but there, there's nothing. Yeah, they the only thing I can think is if there were some very early meetings for the live-action Spider-Man TV series that came out in, what, 77, 78, but that would be way out there. They wanted Stanley to write a screenplay, and my notes say, God help us all. would <laughs> be better than Roy Thomas writing a screenplay. Come on, he'd be sued by so many other poets and stuff for plagiarism. <laughs> Uh, Stan Soapbox tells us he has just enough room left to tell us that he has nothing to tell us. Uh, yeah, my notes are it's even more pointless than normal. It's, <laughs> and I have no letters. I, I will point out the first letter in there. And pardon my language, uh, some jackass 
took that letter where that woman estimated the percentage of women letter writers to 44 decimal points and made it even more obnoxious by carrying it out to 103 decimal points. And because of that, I didn't want to read any of the other letters. They're not, there's <laughs> just nothing interesting here at all. So, <laughs> MVP this issue? I, Black Panther, I guess? I give it to Quicksilver since Black Panther gets beaten. I give it to Quicksilver for saving Cap from falling to his death uh, by falling 10 feet. I gave it to Black Panther for, you know, taking it for the team. <laughs> uh, actually, for use, my useless character was the Black Panther for he, because he insisted on a solo fight and then lost that solo fight. I'm kind of happy because it's another instance where the Avengers are like, we need to get the Man-Ape. And Black Panther goes, hold on there. He's my foe. I'll take him on alone. And then he gets beaten, which did make me kind of happy. Doesn't he remember he got beaten by him last time he faced him alone? My useless was Scarlet Witch because she just stood there. I don't even think she had a line in the whole issue. She may have had. She must have had at least one. A uh, uh, Avengers level threat? No, no, no. no. I, I mean, and I'm talking about just the Man Ape. We can, we'll debate the Lethal Legion next issue if it's an Avengers level threat. But the Man Ape, no, no. Final grade? Fi- honestly, my final grade is not as bad as you probably think it's going to be. I gave it a C plus because there's nothing horribly bad here. There's not anything where I'm like, well, this makes no sense or this is stupid. It's just that it's dull. There's no poetry. That's good. <laughs> I gave it a C, uh, mostly based on Grim Reaper's uh, new costume. <laughs> it's just too much mayonnaise. All right. Wow. Well, that was quick. Uh, let's see if uh, issue number 79 gives us more to talk about. Let's drag this one out for a half hour. Issue Avengers number 79 is from August of 1972. It is by Roy Thomas and John Buscema, the good Buscema. And it is called <laughs> Low, the Lethal Legion. Before you get into that, let's let's examine and give praise to this cover. Do those villains look evil or what? Yeah, I don't think there could be more teeth. That is a lot of grimacing and teeth. Um, they're all dark, grimacing like this. Did, did you take the picture yet? Can I say it? Yeah, you fools. I don't even know how he does that. The Grim Reaper would be a ventriloquist. Thor and Iron Man arrive at Avengers Mansion, having been summoned by the active members to assist in saving the Black Panther, who the team suspects is the victim of a group of villains, not just one crazy man in a gorilla outfit. But before they can save T'Challa's life, first they must save... His job. It's decided that someone needs to go let the school know the Black Panther won't be teaching classes today, and the Vision volunteers. When the others appear startled, as he hardly seems well-suited to protecting the Panther's secret identity, the Vision pulls a Mission Impossible-style mask out of his pocket and proceeds to dress himself up like a regular human-type person. While he heads off to the school, we take our leave of our stalwart heroes to check in with our dastardly villains. The Lethal Legion meeting is even more boring than the Avengers meeting, as it consists mostly of the Grim Reaper ranting and raving as if he's forgotten to take his clozapine. Clozapine? Yeah, that's what you take. Antipsychotic. Mm, that's what you went with? It was the... Never mind. The Reaper does point out that they have both the Black Panther and the beautiful Monica Lynn as their hostages, and to emphasize the point, he breaks one of his Black Panther statues. They must have bought them in bulk, proving he truly is insane, as they go for a pretty penny on eBay. He then further shows his brilliance as a group leader by employing the classic Scooby-Doo strategy of splitting up his group and sending them to different areas. I wonder which group will find the ghost and which will find the clues. However, the Panther isn't going to just sit idly by and wait to be rescued. He knows as well as anyone that it's unlikely anyone even knows he's been kidnapped, since the media is unlikely to report on the kidnapping of a black man. Now, if Wanda had been captured, it would be a different story. Anywho, the Panther breaks out of the restraints that hold him and frees Monica as well. The Panther finds a communication device and calls his teammates, informing them of the Reaper's plans. Knowing a good old Silver Age formula when they see it, the Avengers also split into groups to stop the villains. While his avenging allies race hither and yon, the Panther has his own problems. The Grim Reaper pops up to explain that he allowed the Panther to escape, 
so that the other Avengers would find his teammates and they could be beaten. The two do battle, but soon the Reaper is able to knock out both T'Challa and Monica Lynn with gas from his scythe. While this is happening, the bemasked Vision creepily lets an old school marm know that Luke Charles won't be teaching today. This seems to be a wasted page, unless this woman is going to turn out to be the new Crimson Cowl somewhere down the road. Back at the A-plot, Goliath and the Scarlet Witch have gone into the sewers, where they meet up with Power Man and the Swordsman, confused as to why they always get stuck together in these villain team-ups. The two duos fight, and the good guys are beaten. Captain America and Quicksilver are at a power station, where they face off against the Man-Ape and the Living Laser. The bad guys win again. All of the unconscious Avengers are gathered up and brought back to their headquarters, where the Reaper throws them all into an hourglass full of an incredibly slow-acting toxic gas. We find out that Power Man went to Avengers Mansion to do some good old-fashioned looting, but he now returns with the unconscious Vision. The Vision is also thrown into the hourglass. The Grim Reaper finds some of the papers that Power Man brought back from the mansion, and in those papers he finds the information that his brother's mind patterns were used in the creation of the Vision. Fearing that should he destroy the Vision, he may also destroy the last vestige of Simon Williams, the Reaper shatters the hourglass, releasing the Vision. However, the Vision sounds a lot like Power Man, and we soon realize that the Vision had knocked out the baddie and switched costumes with him, or something like that, because suddenly the Vision rises out of the Power Man costume in his own costume, but then what is being worn by the guy in the globe, and how did he make Power Man's skin appear red, and man, we almost made it through this entire issue without me getting a headache. Anywho, with the hourglass destroyed, all the Avengers are free, and they make quick work of the Lethal Legion. All's well that ends well, except that the Vision has now decided that he is not human and has no place around humans, and he quits the team. The end. The roll call is Goliath, Captain America, Quicksilver, Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Black Panther. Our villains are the Lethal Legion, Grim Reaper, Swordsman, Power Man, Manip, and Living Laser, and we see cameos by Thor and Iron Man. Technically, they are probably part of the roll call this issue, but they don't actually do anything. And we will talk about that, I think, somewhere in my notes. Yes, we will. I had that here somewhere, too. Yep, there's my first note. Why does everyone enter Avengers Mansion through a hole in the roof? We talked about that last issue. Yep. It's weird. It is very weird. Thor and Iron Man show up, and they just pop into the roof. Like, literally, that's not even, like, walking through a door on the rooftop. That is lifting up some sort of skylight panel and just falling into the meeting table. Apparently that's what the Black Widow probably used to use when she would come to break up with Clint. No, she came in through some, like, air duct into the gym. Like, (sighs) you'd think for an Avengers Mansion they'd want to close up some of these entryways, you know? Yeah, make it a little harder to get into (laughs) the mansion. Maybe just one door? Maybe they figure, maybe it's impossible now to get into the front door because that's the way everyone used to come in, so now you have to come in on the roof. They've just bricked up their doors. It's just because they have so much construction going on fixing all the walls. The Avengers are very concerned about Black Panther's secret identity. I don't know why. And they decide that someone has to go call, call in sick for Luke Charles. Right. I do not know why the Vision Volume to go. I do not know why he carries this mask with him. I do not know where he carries this mask with him. But his logic is not sound because he says, I am as swift as any man here, save Pietro. That could not be further from the truth. Because the vision, the way the vision flies, science lesson kids. (laughs) Fake Marvel science lesson. The way the vision flies is by reducing his density to a point where he is light enough to float on air and can be carried along by the the wind and the breezes. So how does he get to go whatever direction he wants to go? That's a really good question. Does he just wait? <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. Hold on, I gotta wait for the wind to shift. The, the Vision's flying speed is ridiculously slow. Anyone on the team is faster than him. Iron Man, Thor, Pietro. Heck, if... Captain America running down the street. Or if Goliath, Goliath or, or Scarlet Witch would just go get a car, they could make it there faster than the Vision. He is literally the slowest person on this team. And he's who they send. I also don't understand how he phases himself through 
the mansion wearing that mask and that coat. Yes, he just, he can, you can't phase these, are they made of unstable molecules? We have not been introduced to that yet, I don't think. Oh no, I don't think we have. At least not here. No, not in the Avengers. And at least it hasn't been mentioned, I should say. It's, 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 and I, and how did he make that mask? And why would he make it? Why all of a sudden? It's like he, he pulled it out of the crack of the seat that he's sitting in, like <laughs> it was shoved down, hey, I'm gonna put on this Halloween mask and I'm gonna go over to the school. That won't seem creepy at all. It's like Michael Myers showing up. I'm Luke Charles. Is it going to be in today? <laughs> <laughs> and they even make mention of his voice when he leaves. Thor's like, oh, his voice still sounds weird. Yeah. I don't understand why the Avengers sign off on this plan. And let's be honest, and this may seem a little rude, but let's say something else. The Vision's one of the most powerful members of the team. If you're going up against the Lethal Legion, is he the one you're going to go send to talk? Or are you going to be like, Wanda, why don't you call a cab and go, or just have Quicksilver do it? Quicksilver could be at the school and back in like five minutes. Obviously, I'm hoping that this was planned. That this is some way, because obviously, you know, Vision quits at the end of the, of the issue. We had seen in a few previous issues here and there where people reacted to him on the street poorly, saying he was creepy and all that. But if that's... Obviously, this is them showing, hey, let's show the Vision trying to fit in with humanity. Oh, it doesn't work. We're going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to talk about this again. We'll come back to this, the whole, this whole Vision thing. Because it comes out of nowhere. You're right. There's no reason why someone else couldn't do it. Yes. So, the Grim Reaper, his ranting is getting so old. I don't care, that panel is awesome. And I don't understand. The Grim Reaper is so proud of himself that he brought this team together. That is the most insane-looking villain I have ever seen. And I'm not sure... I love that the man-ape seems almost embarrassed by him. When, <laughs> when, the, him. when the man wearing no pants and a gorilla top is embarrassed <laughs> by you, your life needs to be re-examined. Your choices, things have gone horribly wrong. I, I just don't, I, I don't, he's, I don't understand why the Grim Reaper thinks this is such a big deal. All the Lethal Legion is, is your store brand Masters of Evil. Yeah, it's just a bunch of guys who couldn't beat the Avengers by themselves. Yeah, this is Actually, been... a bunch of guys who couldn't beat the Avengers even teamed up together previously. Yeah, yeah, the Living Laser, the Swordsman, and Power Man have all been on the same team before. It did not go well. <laughs> right. Uh, this is, this is not... He's not inventing the wheel here. How did they all meet each other? Is there like a Villains Anonymous in a, in the basement of a church? Maybe like maybe they got the. <laughs> like crimson... How did they get Manape there? He lives in Africa. They got the Crimson Cowl's address book. You remember how he sent the Black Knight <laughs> oh, right. a letter? They're all sending letters. <laughs> they to sent out postcards to each other. I um, yeah, you brought up in your synopsis that he crushes another. Didn't they already crush the Black they Panther? They did last issue. They crushed the Black Panther, it's... and now they crush him again. Do they each have their own set? <laughs> Just in case, you know, one of them's not around when the other one captures a certain hero. Do you think when the Black Panther escapes, uh, they're like, can I borrow your Black Panther? I broke mine. I mean, crap, he's out of here. We gotta make another. Put it back together. Where's the super glue? I appreciate the Grim Reaper's ambition and commitment because he doesn't want to just kill these Avengers. He wants to kill all Avengers everywhere and even says, I'm even going to kill the Hulk. Right, yeah. You go, Grim Reaper. I mean, you gotta, you got to give him some credit for that. Well, I, I will give him some credit just for the fact that he managed to trick the Avengers into splitting up into three groups to fight them. It's for, true. For no reason, really. I mean, there's no reason that the heroes had to split up. But they send, ironically enough, Thor and Iron Man off to fight someone that doesn't exist and we never see Thor and Iron Man again the rest of the issue. Yeah. I, Let's get the most powerful people out of the picture. And I, the Vision went off to the school so those three like big swingers right there I don't understand so I don't understand why Thor and Iron Man are in this book because they come into the beginning and they're given when the Black Panther calls them and tells them um, the, the Black Panther hears that the Lethal Legion is splitting into three groups the Power Man Swordsman uh, Man-Ape Living Laser and Grim Reaper himself right. and so but they don't know who's going where right. so the Black Panther gives them these three locations and of course the Grim Reaper doesn't go anywhere because this was all a trap Thor and Iron Man are, are the ones that 
went to where the Grim Reaper was supposed to be. But the point being, once the Avengers split up on, like, page three, we never see Thor and Iron Man again. Nope. Why were they even brought in? That was completely pointless. They're still standing out in Greenwich Village somewhere going, Where is the guy? <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. That's the last time I answer an Avengers priority. Man, I can't wait for somebody to invent a cell phone so we can call each other. The uh, When the Black Panther calls the Avengers, he calls uh, Prometheus priority. Yeah. Like, which is, we haven't... That's interesting, Crystal, because we've never heard of Prometheus priority, which I'm assuming Prometheus priority means he was on fire? Isn't that what... I think it's liar, liar pants on fire? Because doesn't Captain America say that's what clued him in? Yes. To knowing that it was all a trap? Because this 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 issue is so full of, of reversals, because we're supposed to believe the Grim Reaper tricked them all by by his plan and, and allowing the Black Panther to get free and allowing... So, you know, this was all his plan. Then we find out at the end of the issue that the Avengers knew this was the plan all along, that the Black Panther knew he'd escape too easily, and he said Prometheus priority so that the Avengers would know it was a trap and that the Avengers, through their fights with the Lethal Legion, and intentionally were captured and thrown in a... In a uh, help me. Uh, but how does Black Panther know who to call? How do you take whatever's in that room and... Turn it into some screen that you can call some other random screen somewhere. None of this technology makes any sense. <laughs> and I just... But I did like the fact that it was Prometheus priority because we haven't heard an Avengers priority in a long time. It has been a long time, yes. Uh, the Grim Reaper mentions when he fights the Black Panther that he has trained since the last time the Black Panther and the Grim Reaper fought and that now he knows how to take a punch. Which I just imagine the Grim Reaper like training with stuntmen. Maybe they're the ones that convince him to redo his costume. Punch me again! Harder! They do seem to enjoy having Black Panther fight Grim Reaper. They're the only two that have fought. Uh, which is nice. It brings Black Panther more into the book, I think, more fully. Because the Grim Reaper is... Well, Man-Ape is so obviously his racist foe. Um, <laughs> you know, the Grim Reaper is... <laughs> racist equal. More, more <laughs> a, a foe that everyone can claim as their own, so... Um, did you notice the page where Goliath ridicules Scarlet Witch? Basically for being a woman. Yes, I, I I put down here that he's being such a... So they, may, they, they suggest in here somewhere that Goliath is mad at all women everywhere because uh, the Black Widow dumped him. Yeah, she mentions it in that second panel. She's basically... They're coming down into the subway. She's coming down the ladder. And That's she's right. like, hold on, let me help you. And Goliath's like, you help me. Basically implying, you know, you're a woman. Are you going to help? And she doesn't say anything. But in the thought bubble, she's like, oh, he's still mad about the whole Black Widow thing. I don't want to irritate him. You know, and it's 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 kind of nice in that it explains why Goliath in the Archon issue he made that horrible crack about her as well. I guess it's it explains why he's being such a dick to her. But then she for her to be like, I understand it's not his <laughs> fault, it's Natasha's fault, and then for her to back down, no 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 no, that's not how we do it. Do, do you wanna slap me too? You can slap me, it's okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's so horrible. Uh, I do wanna point out this issue is the first appearance of Bessie Hotchkiss, school principal. <laughs> She will go on to be imbued with the power cosmic in 1972 in the Fantastic... No. What? Does she become a Captain Universe? She becomes power principal, and she joins the Squadron <laughs> Supreme. No, seriously. Why is this page here? No, I don't know. This is the page where Vision goes to the school to let them know Luke Charles won't be teaching. In his creepy man face. It is a completely pointless page. And I think... Uh, he rattles the school principal. He rattles her because, again... His face doesn't move, it's a friggin' mask, and his voice is hollow and mechanical. So yeah, he's off-putting and she gets a little scared. But if this is what's supposed to convince him to quit the team because he'll never join humanity, they needed to ramp this up. Because his interaction with her is not bad. She's rattled, but she's nice to him. 
She's never mean to him. Uh, if this is what was, how is this what convinces him that he should quit the team? They should have turned it into like a Mr. Bean sketch where he comes in and like accidentally knocks stuff over and then gets his head stuck in a copier and then like starts talking to the coffee machine. And <laughs> they should have done something because as it is, what we have here is a useless page. And why in the world do I need to know that this woman's name is Bessie Hotchkiss. Did you check? Does she show up again ever? No, she doesn't show up again. Dang it. That would be great, though, if she became power principal and joined the Squadron Supreme. I would be so happy. There's a scene in here where a living laser starts just firing haphazardly around the room. You know, he's firing, like, a constant laser in just lines. Just there. melting everything around. Like, he's doing it with his eyes closed. I, why doesn't he employ that tactic more often? Doesn't it seem like if he just... If I just zap everything, I'm bound to hit something. Well, you know, the, the so apparently... Can you, you imagine how dangerous it would be if you just stood in the middle of the room and started windmilling his arms around? <laughs> you mentioned this in your a little bit in your synopsis from last time, but apparently the Grim Reaper has decided that the way to motivate his flunkies is to offer them... They're all getting paid, but whoever takes out the most Avengers gets some sort of special prize? Gets something, yeah. This doesn't really promote teamwork. Right? Because basically the bad guys are as interested in fighting each other so they can get the most Avengers as they are to working as a team. You know, Zemo knew better than this. Yeah. Aaron Zemo, there was none of this nonsense with Zemo. Swordsman ends up fighting Vision, right? And he breaks his... Does he break his sword? Swordsman breaks his sword on Vision. Yes, he does. He breaks... The Swordsman's sword breaks at the very end. Does that become a thing or do we... That's a good question because that sword was built by the Mandarin. I don't right. know how the, how does the Swordsman get another. That was like a special sword with all those powers and things into it and they just shattered it like no big deal like that one issue where Captain America's shield melted and we were like oh Captain America lost his shield I'm just gonna get another one yeah I've got, I've got 15 <laughs> more back in the closet yeah but that's a good well and to an extent Captain America could have a lot of shields since at that point in time they weren't the adamantium vibranium right. but the sword but, but the sword is a, yeah the sword's a lot more difficult you can't just have to, unless maybe the Mandarin gave him like six of them so now is he just gonna call himself the man <laughs> and Vision quit we come full circle back to that the Vision just quit the team yeah for no reason that makes sense it only lasts two issues it's no big deal but let's before we <laughs> even get to the Vision quitting the team the whole ending of this issue completely breaks down oh yeah so yeah I don't what is that skin suit that Vision was wearing and like you said, how did he put his costume on Power Man? That costume is him, isn't it? How do you take that off? You can take the costume off. Okay, so... Well, now we can, because we know he's like a weird thing underneath so it. So there's so many questions here. So we find out that... So Power Man went to the mansion to loot it, apparently. Right, to bring back whatever. So... How did he know what he was looking for, but... Did the Vision find Power Man at the mansion and beat him there? Because he, he says... Or the swordsman says the vision must have known where their where their headquarters was because he followed swordsman back. If so, vision, so wait, if when vision, swordsman breaks his sword on vision, is he breaking it on actual vision or yes, on Power so Man disguised as vision? No, that's actual vision because he had he had done whatever the heck that is. Did he attack vision at the mansion when he broke his sword on him? No, no, that's uh, that's no. The swordsman never fought vision at the mansion. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I see it now. He fought. He broke his sword, and then vision left. Vision flew off at the bottom of whatever that page. Yes, is. yes, yes, yes. Oh no, that's when he quit. That's no, when he quit the team. This is in the headquarters. This is in the Lethal Legion's headquarters. Oh, that's after he switched back to Vision, to Vision. after he came out of yes. the Power Man costume. Okay, whatever. So okay, so but so here's the thing. So Swordsman is saying Swordsman and Power Man were going back to the mansion. Power Man says I'm going to go to Avengers Mansion. Or not coming back to the mansion. Swordsman and Power Man were going back to head to their headquarters. Power Man says I'm going back to the mansion. Swordsman says fine, I'm going back to HQ. The Vision sometime manages to find Power Man, defeat him switch places with him, and then follow the swordsman to the Lethal Legion's headquarters. Right. How, how is that possible? After the swordsman already left the picture. 
Yeah, because if if what makes the most sense is the Vision goes after giving Luke Charles an alibi. Vision goes back to Avengers Mansion, finds Power Man there, beats him there. But if he does that, how does he follow Swordsman back to the Lethal Legion's headquarters? And if he and and if he doesn't follow the Swordsman back, how does he find it? Or is this some crazy coincidence where he just happens to be turning the corner just as Swordsman walks away, sees Power Man, beats him in one panel, quickly changes, and then it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it changes that- while he's watching Swordsman, so he knows where he is. So right there. Full stop. First of all, that doesn't make sense. I still don't know where he came up with a Power Man skin costume to put on. Well, and here's the other thing. When he comes back, dressed as Power Man, he has papers from the mansion that show that Simon Williams' brain patterns were used in the construction of the Vision. Which means he had to have been at the mansion. Right. Unless the Vision carries those papers with him everywhere he goes. Well, unless Power Man had already been to the mansion. Unless Power Man went to the mansion... And, and on his found way the papers. Back, found him. And exactly. But then in that case, the swordsman is long gone. Right. Yeah, I don't understand the separation there. And then the question is, these papers that he brings back are have in them exactly what the Grim Reaper needs. It was Wasp's diary. To get, <laughs> to, for him to find out and for him to free the Avengers. Because here's the other thing. February 12th, we took Wonder Man's brain patterns. <laughs> the Avengers are all like... We threw our fights with the Lethal Legion to get back to your headquarters because the Black Panther told us to. If that's the case, what was their plan for getting out of this hourglass of really slow poison? Because the only reason they get out of that hourglass is because the Grim Reaper frees them because he thinks he's freeing the Vision. So so if the Vision had never come back there... What, then would they all be dead? Because they sure as heck don't seem like they can get out of that globe. Were they just hoping that... Um, I also noticed how Captain America is using this as an excuse to cop a feel with Wanda. He really is. is. Uh, everyone, why, is he, why is he holding her up? Why? Yeah. Um, I don't know what his other arm's doing either. Is that uh, his leg behind him or... Oh, that's Goliath's leg. <laughs> but in any case... So, so did they specifically get those papers because they thought it would drive him insane? Or is that just a total coincidence? And just a total coincidence because there's other papers here. Apparently, there's a page with every single person's name at the top with apparently notes on that person. And he immediately goes right for the vision for whatever reason. Because we see Captain America, Quicksilver, Quick Black Panther up there. Uh, hey, I brought some so, papers back. I found $12 and uh, a subway token and these papers. And <laughs> That's all that was in Avengers Magic. And as you've said before, the biggest part of the problem here is that... So, let's... It looks like Vision switches costumes with him, with him and Power Man. Which would be fine if it was, you know, human to human. Which would be fine... Again, while you can't take the Vision's costume off, his skin is bright red. Goliath's, or Power Man's skin, is not bright red. So you right. think someone would notice. Which is fine for Vision going into... If he has still has that mask and he can make himself look like he has skin. Sure. But it does not work for Power Man going into Vision's costume unless he spray-painted his face red. And also spray-painted a jewel on the top of his forehead <laughs> as well. See? So while he's following Swordsman back... He stops into like a into like a Dwayne Reed and grabs him. <laughs> and while he's watching him walk down the street, he's spraying Power Man's face with the red paint. And then this will work. I know it'll work. What makes it even worse is when the Vision once once the jig is up and everyone knows that Power Man is really the Vision and the Vision is really Power Man. Vision phases out of the out of the Power Man costume and he's wearing his costume. He should be yeah. naked. He's got extras. Wanda wanted to knit him up a new one out of, out of the drinks. I guess. I guess. And then, at the end of the fight, Power Man's back in his costume, too. Instead of in the faux. In the faux <laughs> That's vision. why they lost, because he took the time to get dressed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I really don't Because we don't like even... He doesn't, he's not even involved in the fight. He's out getting dressed the whole time, and then he just gets tied up. That's why Vision quit. He was like, this is stupid. 
Humans are idiots. I'm out of here. And as we've said again, Vision's decision to leave the Avengers makes no sense because he basically says, I have decided to leave the Avengers because I cannot be brother to any true human being. What place have I among men of flesh and blood? Did did you just find out you weren't human? (laughs) It's it's such a a bad cliffhanger. And, And as you said, what's even more frustrating about it as you read the next few issues is, it has no repercussions. No, it's it's like he never quit. It's like he just had a tantrum. And yeah, he just shows back up, and the other like nothing happened. Yeah, the other Avengers like, eh, it's Vision. He does uh, this all the time. Vish. So bullpen bulletins. Anything? You got anything? Let me point out. Uh, I'll just I'll save you the trouble. The whole column for the bullpen bulletins is basically John Romita's life story. <laughs> so why, why is that weird? So weird. And then Stan Soapbox announces that uh, Jack Kirby has officially left Marvel. Again, welcome to the Bronze Age. That and Conan are pretty much the things that tip everybody off that weirdness happens. And it's it's weird that we would mention Jack Kirby, uh, his quitting here, because many people consider Jack Kirby's leaving to be the end of the Silver Age at Marvel, or the Silver Age in general. And it's kind of weird because this issue is so Silver Age, what with the team, both the bad guys and the good guys splitting up and fighting each other in smaller groups, yeah, right. and the plots within plots that make no sense. And the statues. I mean, it's very Silver age so it's kind of funny. Um, and the letters, nothing else, right? Mm-mm. The letters page is... One letter by, by a man who identifies himself as a black writer. Philip Mallory Jones of Ithaca, New York. And he basically goes panel by panel, page by page, and just tears apart issue 74 with all the... 74 was what was the second part of the Sons of the Serpent. All of his racial strife undertones and everything else that he thought Roy Thomas did wrong. And Some of the things, I think he has a few points. Yeah, but he carries it way too far. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. And reads way too much into some little things that don't mean anything. But I really give Marvel a lot of credit for uh, basically giving the entire letters page over to someone to talk about race, especially someone who's very critical yeah. of their issue and their handling of the subject. Yeah, and uh, so. I mean, I don't know if it was edited. It doesn't obviously he doesn't go panel by panel, page it's, by page. I mean, maybe they just printed the best part. Maybe it certainly doesn't seem edited. It's very long, but they don't even take the space to reply to it. They say that the reply will be in the next issue. But other than that, I have nothing on this no, issue. Nothing for me. MVP. Uh, I gave it to Vision because yes. once again, he's smarter than everybody else in the room. Saving the day with nonsense. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, useless character. It's Goliath. Yeah, he knocks out the Scarlet Witch. He's a misogynist, and then he loses his fight. Yeah, he knocks out the Scarlet Witch and himself. That panel doesn't make any sense. It's like he banged his head on something, and then when he was falling down, he punched her in the face. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Whoops! Wow. <laughs> Avengers level threat. Not really. I think the Lethal Legion is generally an Avengers level threat. I think you know these five bad guys together make they make a yeah. But the point is that the Avengers let them. I yeah, agreed. But I think that they have a decent plan, and I think there's I think there's something here. They just need a little bit more honing and I think they'll be there there could be sure final grade I gave it a C plus that's exactly what I gave it the fight scenes were fun but there's a lot of potential here the ending the nonsense ending kind of undoes it but it's overall it's not a bad it's not a bad issue alright then that's about it Two yeah. issues down. We are done with issue uh, episode thirty-six. Yeah, that's a, it's going to be a short one. Next episode is going to be a longer one as we have three issues of excitement. Oh, they are so good! Wow, you don't want to miss next week's episode. You don't. Our first Native American superhero. Yeah, that happens. And the return of everyone's favorite villain. Ah, that's it. Thanks that's for it. listening to the Avenging Hour. Uh, you can follow us at avenginghour.com. You can send us emails, uh, mail at avenginghour.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at avenginghour. Big thanks to all the people that have been. Res- that have been leaving comments on the Instagram page. We're, we're getting 
kind of a dialogue, but the dialogue is mostly about people being snarky. But that's what the Instagram page is all about. So, well, thank most, you. Most of the things we post are snarky. Yeah, exactly. Too. It's what it's all about. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Come back next week. Okay, we love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.